It's Emily here, and today I want to invite you to make sure to check out Robinhood Integrative Health. If you are a resident of the Winston-Salem, North Carolina area, and you're looking for a doctor who treats you differently, looks deeper into the issues that you're having, and seeks to hear you as a person and really help to get you better, then I can't recommend Robinhood Integrative Health, where Dr. Wiggy practices enough. Make sure that you go to their website and see how you can benefit from their services today. And did you know that they even take some insurances, which basically never happens in integrative medicine. So make sure to check them out and enjoy the episode. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Healthy Discourse. It's Emily here, and I want to wish you a happy 2023 again. I am excited to welcome Dr. Nicole Craven back to the podcast today. She is an integrative pediatrician at Robin Hood Integrative Health with Dr. Wiggy. And today we are going to talk about something that is so prevalent on parents' minds, especially this year. And we are going to be talking about antibiotics, the need for them, and preparing our kids to need to take them, deciding whether to take them, and how we can prepare and recover before and after um, using a round of antibiotics. So welcome back to the podcast, Nicole. How are you? Oh, I'm really good. Happy 2023. I'm so excited for the year to come. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Me too. It's uh, I feel very hopeful for this year. Um, I love this topic. So this topic was Nicole's idea. And interestingly, I have been in the crux of deciding as a parent, whether my child needed antibiotics and, you know, and then of course, deciding what to do along with the antibiotics and after the antibiotics to to stay away from the detrimental effects of them multiple times so far this school year because it seems like viruses strep in particular and um rsv and and flu a everything is just rampant and really intense is that what you're seeing Yes, I feel like um, a lot of things are assertive right now, let's say. (laughs) And um, that's okay. You know, we're all back together and we're sharing these bugs and we have to build the immune system in the process. So we want to go into it with a strong immune system. So there are so many things you can do on the front end of that. But obviously, sometimes you do need antibiotics because maybe the respiratory tract or um, the gut gets compromised at some point and we may need antibiotics to get over bacterial infections. We may not, you know, I love to look at the situation and assess whether or not we need them because as we know, they're over-prescribed for viruses and other infections when maybe the body could heal um, with its own innate response. So, but sometimes we need them and I write them sometimes not as often as a regular pediatric office, but I do write them. So I love to help parents try to navigate that territory without the anxiety involved in that word antibiotic. (laughs) Right. And I know we're not going to go deep into this today, but 
what would you say is the difference in your decision-making process versus traditional Western medicine in when an antibiotic is necessary versus not? I know it's case by case, but can you just tell us like a couple of things that you consider? Well, you really want to prove that there is a serious bacterial infection. And because there are so many symptoms of regular upper respiratory viruses are going to be very similar to the symptoms of, let's say, a bacterial ear infection or a sinus infection or strep. So strep has been more assertive this fall and winter, I would say. I'm seeing it more often and I'm seeing some um, sequelae from these strep, group A strep bacteria that we haven't seen as much prior to this. So um, that's a great example. And you don't want this sequela to happen. We won't go into that, but um, strep can cause other immune responses in the body, let's just say. And so if uh, we have that present, we can use antibiotics. Or if we know that there are uh, certain characteristics where if there's an ear infection that we have tried to clear the sinuses and we're still seeing you know, yellow, goopy, what we call, you know, what non-medical term is pus behind the ear and it hurts and it's bulging out. And we've done other things to try to clear the ear or clear the sinuses. And it's lasted for more than three days, especially if there's a high fever, then you're pretty much think you have to move on to antibiotics, but you want to be able to see those things. And you want someone in pediatrics, we're trained how to look at ears. And I just remember as a resident, I was like, uh, it, it, it's one of the main things they do in the beginning for if you're going to go into outpatient pediatrics, you have got to learn how to look at ears. It's not an easy thing to do. And kids kind of don't like it. <laughs> right. So you do it very gently and explain it to them and they don't care, but you've got to see a big bulging ear infection. But let's say you're in the ER and you're urgent care and there's a doctor who's that's just not been a big part of their training and they're think there's an ear infection and they're like, oh, you've had a cough for too long. Maybe there's a bronchitis. Then they'll throw an antibiotic at you. And so you really want to just make sure that there's bacterial infection, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, obviously I love that you collaborate with parents and help us to make decisions. You and I have had lengthy conversations, like I said, <laughs> way more than once about is this necessary or not? And I think some of it too is really just knowing your child, right? And being able to to assess um, you know, symptoms and and things like that. Is this something that we can ward off naturally? How sick are they really, right? Would you say that the severity of symptoms matters on some level too? Of course it does, yes. And it is that intuitive feeling like this child seems more sick. These symptoms are not normally there when we have our run-of-the-mill cold, something's different. Mm -hmm. are they eating are they drinking are they staying hydrated just a lot of other symptoms too yes tell us about because we want to make sure that people understand and then we'll talk about how to prepare and and pre and post but um what is I don't know that everyone understands the the risk and some of the negative effects that antibiotics can wreak on the body so can you just kind of give us some bullet points on that Oh, absolutely. And I always want to start with that because I'm, yeah. I think we need to know why we need to, you know, say, right. We need to know why we need to hesitate, why we need to make the decision carefully and then what we need to do um, to hopefully limit those adverse effects. And I would say it's still not mainstream 
the reason that like that parents know the reason why because there's this catch term I want I guess my goal my goal is to make this catch term this word to be like a common term in every family's household all year long every day this year that people study the term and they know it and this is how they continue to support the health of themselves and uh, the children. What is it? It's called the microbiome. So I don't think it's a common word yet. I think it's something that people may recognize. Oh, I've heard of that. I always ask parents because I want to know, do you know what the microbiome is? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> okay. So I want everyone to know what the microbiome is because it's, it's actually a beautifully fabulous thing. It's this cool super, I'm going to say almost magical ecosystem that occurs inside our body. And it's quadrillions amounts and more than trillions amounts of other uh, bugs, bugs, little things we can't even see living inside our gut from our mouth all the way to where we poop. And I mean, that's a lot of territory and there's a lot of stuff going on in there and there's more DNA from these little guys so these bugs, and they include all types of bugs, but we'll go into that. There's more DNA in them than there is in our cells. Now, that's crazy, right? Crazy in itself that we have this ecosystem in there. I like picture Avatar. You know how they show like the ecosystem <laughs> around you lighting up? And I always think like the good guys are lighting up inside. They're happy when you feed them, right? Yes. And- yeah, it's like that. It could be beautiful growing colors that are synergistically working together. It sounds so silly, but that's the way I picture it in my head. Um, <laughs> I love it. It's bacteria, of course, and it's a lot of bacteria. But the more that we study it, we're learning there's mycelia. So that's kind of fungusy things. And there are some parasites. We don't know how much we need those parasites versus we don't need them. And there are a lot of viruses. It's all the things also we come into contact with in our respiratory tract that we have to balance as well. So we want the microbiome to be balanced. That's the key. So antibiotics, what does it do? It alters that balancing because it's killing off some of the bacteria. And in that, it's the good bacteria and it's the bad bacteria. So it's going to alter the balance of all those things that were found their way to work together. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. And so after we've made these decisions um, or we have decided, okay, we think the antibiotic is necessary. When you're talking to parents about that, what is, what are the caveats or follow-ups or, and we also need to do these things that you generally will consider. And we should probably say what the role of the microbiome is so that we understand what we do to help it. Yes, that's a good idea. Do that. (laughs) Four main roles. And because I want to kind of simplify because that little description is not simple, but let's simplify it. So there's bacteria and viruses and parasites and other uh, mycelia, which is kind of fungus, and they're all in there. And the roles of those little guys are your immune health. So your gut lining, unfortunately, is very thin. It's like one single lining that keeps out everything and in that lining are things called pyre patches we can picture our immune system in our respiratory tract because we have our adenoids and our tonsils and they're kind of like they're going okay if i just inhaled in a little flu virus yeah like i'm gonna try to tackle it before it gets in my body and causes a fever the gut has similar things called pyre patches that we don't talk about as much which i find interesting but they're right there and it's our immune system 
And so it, the microbiome we know through science now is actually working hand in hand with our immune cells in our gut to help balance the immune system. So it's a barrier, it's a barrier from um, get letting infections occur. It also helps digestion. So immune health and then digestion of your vitamins and minerals, really absorption of your vitamins and minerals because the third is it breaks down your food appropriately into really, really small particles so that that protein particles in the food are absorbed, but don't cause inflammation when they get in the body and don't trigger food intolerances as much. Mm -hmm. So it's immune health, absorption, vitamin, minerals, digestion of your food, and then blocking out the toxins. That's a big one right now, blocking out the toxins because of the chemicals that we get exposed to in our food. So you support it. How do we support it? Right? Right. I would say let, to simplify, there are so many things that support it, which is really also great, but to simplify it pre, during, and post antibiotics, let's say, you want to, I'd say focus on three main things, which are polyphenols, polyphenols, um, prebiotics, and probiotics. I think some of these are terms we know. Polyphenol is not as, as commonly used. Right. Agreed. Prebiotics and probiotics. I'm hoping everybody's at least heard of those. I think so. Okay. Okay. So what are polyphenols, right? Right. right. What are polyphenols? <laughs> what are polyphenols? Well, it's cool because the science of the microbiome, like since the 80s, is strong. I mean, it's been there. We're following it. But it's also in its infancy. What does that mean? It's kind of crazy because if we think about COVID, we have all of this science that we're like, oh, we finally have three years worth of research. <laughs> now, Well, we have a lot of years of research of the microbiome. But it's still in its infancy because the more research we do, the more we're saying that the health of the body is connected to all of these other chronic illnesses and the microbiome and the more research we need to do. So the biggest thing that's come out is polyphenols. And they're these really cool antioxidant plant compounds. And they lower inflammation. So they lower inflammation inside the gut, but also in the body. And just as make it even more simplified it's things that you know about like the plant properties found in berries so that's like mm -hmm. veritrols and the plant properties found in stinky but i call them stinky vegetables like broccoli and that's grains. <laughs> uh-huh and other plant compounds that we use commonly for allergy like quercetin and um even green tea. Green tea is a beautiful one. So these are all things that are anti-inflammatory for the body and they're found in different plants, but you can also get them in animal meats. I didn't know that part. Yeah. <laughs> That's good thing. I'm a carnivore over here with some veggies on the side. So, <laughs> but here's the thing. You do know this. You're eating what that animal eats. Right. Right. And that's why you can get them from some of our animal products. If they are animals that are regenerative, that are eating the plants that they're supposed to eat that are not genetically modified. So if they're eating all of the rich vegetation out there, they're getting those polyphenols. Right. And then you're eating them. That's right. Okay. Interesting. That makes a lot of sense. 
yeah it's kind of cool because yeah so how do you or how do you suggest um I mean obviously what this points to is how important the diet is yes for our kids and for sure shouting it louder for those in the back because we know this but we don't necessarily do it is you know healthy kids require a nutritive rich diet and of course yes we can supplement and that matters too but eating like you said the um, berries and the the meats that are appropriately appropriately raised and um, having exposure through our diet to all of these these rich things that we can't just supplement and eating white food all the time quote kid food like I call it is not going to cut it and too often we don't I think realize how poor our kids diets are and in fact I'm right now thinking about the last couple of weeks over Christmas break where (laughs) it seems like and 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 I'm all you know I fully support a life of moderation and in some ways we have to lower the bar um during certain seasons when we're traveling and seeing family and it's holidays and there's cookies and there's this and there's french toast for breakfast at grandma's house every day and those types of things (laughs) um you know a couple weeks here and there is not gonna ruin everything although I will say coming back into our normal routine last night my kids helped me make um with our mom sanity mom fuel they helped me make a blueberry crisp that had tons of wild blueberries in it so yes. you know getting back into it and not just saying like caving into the oh my kid doesn't like vegetables so okay well this is just what it is exactly yes it, <sighs> yes it's a bigger picture than that mm-hmm. to me the way I like to look at it is we used to before we got so industrialized well first of all don't beat yourself up I mean what you just described is is everyone you know like that's just what happens because it's tradition and tradition is healing rituals are healing when we get family together and we share things that aren't necessarily plant phenols right 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 <laughs> so that's important to know but I think also the other side is like okay let's look at the complete other side and then let's find a way to meet in the middle of this so the complete other side is that Oh my gosh, many, many, many moons ago, before we got industrialized, we were we were eating naturally like 800 different species of plants in our diet. That's amazing. It's amazing. And now we are eating an average of 10, like the, the American average family is 10 to 12 plants. I mean, in the entire diet, not that day. I try to get it in a day. Oh, like for like, like, like total. Total. And 60% of what we consume, this is really gross, is corn, wheat, and soy, has corn, wheat, and soy in it, meaning they add it to think, you know, they, they, it's really cheap to make those. Oh, um, I believe that. Well, honestly, they're like, think about it. If you go to the store right now, it's January as we're recording this, the beginning of January, you are going to find all kinds of cauliflower products. And I laugh every January because most of it is not like cauliflower rice or whatever. It's cauliflower tater tots, cauliflower <laughs> crust, cauliflower jalapeno poppers, like whatever. <laughs> and I made that one up. But 
when you look at the ingredients yeah there's like cauliflower is like the 10th ingredient and it's corn soy and wheat like you said and it's probably worse for you it's probably worse for you than if you would have just bought the regular kind because they add all this extra stuff to it to make it taste good or whatever and it's a marketing ploy and unfortunately many people fall for it um and just like, you know, just because it's gluten-free, just because it has cauliflower in it, just because doesn't mean that it is this miraculous superfood. So it's just a good thing to be aware of and to go mm-hmm. back as closely as possible to what grows on God's green earth and eat it that way. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and that's intimidating. So I, what I say to people is, okay, so there's one side, then there's the other don't give in like you know completely and be like I just can't do this because I just don't know where to start because the way you get to the other side is to do like one or two things you got to have details of of how to do it along the way so sometimes you do need to just get a good health coach that makes plants not intimidating absolutely (laughs) agree fully like what are what what is what is what are all these crazy fruits that they eat in other countries and we don't even know how to cut into like let's try it and then have someone teach you how to do that. And sometimes you just have to say, okay, what is my barrier? Like I have I make broccoli every night. So if I make broccoli every night, maybe we can make Brussels sprouts. I just don't know how to make them so that the kids will eat them. Right. So you figure out your barrier and you work on that. Every day you have, you have a new step. But I always say, like, what would you do? Because they're like, I don't know what my kid's going to eat if we try to stay away from wheat and dairy and genetically modified foods. My kid's not going to eat anything. Well, that's a great sign that, okay, we're going to make one step. We're going to definitely have to do something here if that's all that they're eating. But what would you do if I told you today? You've been bad. Your whole family's been bad. Your kids have been bad. And I'm going to allow you to only eat cheap food. You can only eat corn, wheat, and soy. That would be awful. Yeah, it would be awful. It would be awful. So you think of it, the other side, and be like, okay, no. Now I get it. I love berries. I love green things. I just have to figure out how to make those a little more plentiful. So that's that's what you do. You just add a little veggie here and there, and then you do a new veggie here and there. And I think health coaches are beautiful, and we always need them, all of us, because there's always more education involved. Absolutely. In and I think also on that note, I mean you know, as a parent, you are, you are in charge. And so if all, if what you serve for dinner is what's for dinner, eventually your kids will eat it. I've adopted kids that never had a vegetable in their life and they love vegetables now. I I've watched it play out in front of, in my own family and it is possible. And the less that you cave to their preferences, the more, and I know that's not everyone's parenting style. And it's like, gosh, Emily, that's so harsh. You're so mean. Well, no, I'm the parent. I'm in charge. That is the God's given authority to me as the parent. And it's not that I'm going to be like mean about it and stand over you and say, if you don't eat that last bite of, of broccoli, you can't, you know, see your friend tomorrow. Yeah, force is not Force feed is not a good thing, but see, you're also, let's point out, you're being a role model for them. When you're eating those foods, you're enjoying those foods and you're preparing those foods with love and you're showing them that this is the way that they can take care of themselves too consistently. It takes time, of course. And some parents get to the point where their kids are really not eating anything but processed food. Mm-hmm. And that's a scary place to be because they just don't know how to even 
have the kid look at a colored food and say, oh my gosh, I'd like to try that. They, they get in that hole and that's when you really need help. You do, you just ask for help. Yeah. Let's move on to um, prebiotics and probiotics and the role that they play before, during, and after antibiotics. And let me tell you, there are ways to get polyphenols if you need to. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. in, in that, in that, um, in the process of trying to transition over, which is proven to be a two-year process, there are uh, ways to get polyphenols in cool powders that'll support the gut. Dr. Hyman is a doctor that I always, I follow regularly. He's kind of guru, a guru in integrative medicine. And he got sick because he got C. difficile, which is a really bad gut infection, bad, mm -hmm. bad, bad bacterial infection. And he made something called gut food. And in it, he put, he added the prebiotics that we'll talk about, the probiotics and the polyphenols. So it's got like that triple power to it. And I love that stuff because honestly, I just see people get better when they use all three, utilize all three. And no, I am not involved, you know, connected with him in any way. Um, so I'm not saying, you know, go buy gut food and get this coupon. I just think I see something like that work really well. So you can go out and get, little gut healing powders we use them on a regular basis that have some of the polyphenols in them we talked about like quercetin and resveratrols and sulforaphanes and other beautiful compounds like that yes that's yes and that's a great point that as you're making these changes I think the important thing to point out is do work on making the changes though there are so many people that think that supplements and, and I'm all for supplements. I take a boatload of them every day. So don't hear me that way, but that they're the magic pill, just like pharmaceuticals are the magic pill, but there's no magic pills. You have to change your lifestyle too. So just to point that out. Yes. It happens. I, I have these conversations all the time. Like, well, that's great. But if you're not sleeping and you're eating poorly and your stress level is on 100 all the time like you're not going to get well no matter how many supplements you take so um anyway okay so how do we while you're sick things like broths with with a little bit of sweet onion you know onions mm. can be sweet those okay. have polyphenols broths from regenerative animals and um green teas though they have a little bit of caffeine so you have to be aware of that but okay. Berries we talked about and then stinky vegetables like during the time that they're sick. Now, if they don't like any of those, they're clearly not going to take them when they're not feeling well. So that's why you got to work on it ahead of time. Right. Okay. So the question was um, what to, how to get pre and probiotics then, right? Yes. Okay. So prebiotics. Prebiotics are kind of, I think of them as like an exfoliating fiber for the gut that helps the good bacteria grow. So you feed bacteria fiber and they produce this really cool compound that you can measure in the gut called butyrate. Short chain fatty acids, but specifically the one that we look at the most is called butyrate. You want the butyrate levels in your gut to be high, but to do that, you feed them these prebiotic fibers. So again, you can go out and get a prebiotic fiber powder that really has no taste it's kind of easy. You can put it in a little bit of creamy foods or you can put it in water even um, and and help and give that to your child's gut. That's 
those are well tolerated and popular. We use them often, or you can eat them. And so it's again, learning about the plants that have them. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of them. One, my favorite probably is jicama. Jicama is a root vegetable that's similar to potatoes. I love jicama. Oh my gosh. Kids love it too. Which, so that, that's probably why I, I think it's my favorite. Jicama and plantain. So that's just bananas and banana regular bananas if they're on the green side they really help and then you can cheat and get like green banana flour and throw that into some of your sauces at dinner time and then you can get uh uh organic raw potato starch that actually does give you that prebiotic and onions and garlic and artichokes are good when the heart of the artichoke is actually super sweet tasting and yummy so kids love love artichokes uh so there are all types of way to get it in food i love artichokes my kids love artichokes too i make a cucumber salad with them and they love it so much anyway interesting and who, um, thinks to, who thinks to serve artichokes like that's just not on the regular menu in america yeah and you don't like i mean you don't have to roast them from scratch necessarily either right i mean not that's a long process yeah because it smells amazing but yeah definitely don't have to yeah so how about um probiotics okay so probiotics you have to be careful with because what what are they first of all they're actually alive alive bacteria and sometimes the healthy yeast that you put back into the gut Mm -hmm. And that can be absolutely fabulous because if, say, you're on an antibiotic, you're usually taking it twice a day, and that's killing off the good and the bad guys in the gut, right? And then you want to replenish it with a probiotic. I usually do suggest that when you're doing that, that you give a probiotic during that process midday, like away from the antibiotic, because the antibiotic will just kill off the, the probiotic, good good guys. They'll right. That's a good it. tip. Yes. They'll counteract each other. So you have to do it like away, at least two hours away from the antibiotic. And to get, but you got to give back one that you know you can give too much or the wrong strains because your gut just is not used to having those from the beginning before you took the antibiotic and it ca can cause bloating and gas. And when a kid's sick, you don't want to cause that. So I always say to be very careful at first with the strains of the probiotic and everybody's different, but I think some of the strains that are commonly very, very well tolerated are in the field, in the um, species of, I think it's species, genus, it could be, sorry, of lactobacillus and mm -hmm. bifidobacteria. Those are really easy ones to go to specifically and i know this is going to be hard to remember because it's even hard to say lactobacillus rhamnosus is a really really important one lactobacillus casei so c-a-i-s-e-i and lactobacillus reuteri so remember lactobacillus c word lactobacillus two r words those are like two three probiotics that are fabulous and then bifido, bifidobacteria is a really good one. Bifidobacteria, bifidum, so they sound the same. So bifidobacteria, bifidum. We have a probiotic that we make in-house. You know that one. And it is very gentle on the stomach. I love it. it is I love that one too. Yeah. I, 
I will say personally, I've had issues with probiotics in the past that cause actually more gut distress, but that one I do really love. So yes. Yeah. And I'm, I'm the same way, actually. Sometimes yeah. you just don't need them. Sometimes you've already, and you know, we do a gut test and I, I did one on myself and I had, you, you can tell what is actually in there. And, um, sometimes you just don't need them. So say you're feeding extra when you don't really need it. Maybe there's some extra gas involved, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they can yeah. be, it can be not amazing too. You think you're doing this great thing and it's like, wait, um, that's too much, right? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. There yeah. is a, um, we don't, we don't have this one. But there's one that's very easily accessible to parents. Like if they can't get to our store, right? Mm-hmm. Is, uh, Claire Labs with a K makes a uh, powder. So that's great. This really high dose. It's called Therabiotic, T-H-E-R-B-I-O-T-I-C, Therabiotic. And then, because you can dose it as small as a fourth of a teaspoon or up to like a teaspoon. Mm, okay. Yeah, that's great. Kind of nice, right? Yeah. And it has a ton of different flora in it. And and then I do have to say, before I forget, is that Saccharomyces is a form of healthy yeast and it is proven the most, I would say, in research papers that if you replenish Saccharomyces during and post antibiotic therapy that it helps the immune system so that that's research out there now I feel like there are a lot of kids that have just yeast overgrowth of the normal yeast in our body because yeast feed off of our um, packaged food and our Mm -hmm. sugars so sometimes that can uh, backfire too so you got to go really low dose on that saccharomyces yes good point so in summary we know that antibiotics are sometimes necessary, especially with these viruses that seem to be really aggressive this year. And Dr. Nicole has shared with us three different things that we can do to consistently prepare for and be ready for um, when we do have to administer antibiotics to our kids. And just to question if they are really necessary, um, because a lot of times they're not. And if we're not talking about a bacterial infection of some sort, a lot of times they're not actually going to help the sickness get over faster. They just make us feel better as a parent that we're doing something. But there are lots of natural remedies that we can do for colds and and sinus infections of some sorts and that type of thing to help ourselves and our kids to get through. Um, The whole automatically taking the kid to the doctor for a pill is not always necessary, but if necessary, then we can, um, make sure that we are eating those diets rich. And, um, how do you say it? I like, I'm just like, wait, what is the word? Polyphenols. 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 I am so bad. You should, when Wiggy was stuck. Okay. This is a side note. I used to help Wiggy with flashcards when he was in medical school (laughs) and, when he would be like, I don't know what's the answer. He'd be driving or something. I'd be sounding it out. Oh my gosh. It was so bad. He'd be like, I have no idea what you're talking about. So <laughs> I have to write it. I have to write it and look at it. So everybody write down polyphenol, polyphenol, look- polyphenol, yeah. polyphenol, polyphenol and prebiotics and probiotics, both naturally and supplemented as we've talked about today. And the probiotic that we just mentioned that's in the store is called, it's the health as it ought to be brand. 
and it's just their probiotic. And I believe that that's available on the online store at health as it ought to be.com, the probiotic. So, oh, good. Okay. Good. I think it, I think it is. Um, not everything's available on there, but I'm pretty sure that is. So, awesome. You and Nicole, sprinkle, Emily, you can sprinkle that one because you know it's a capsule. Oh, so, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. That's important. Yeah. yeah. So, you can sprinkle it on anything, right? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Nicole, you're always a breadth of knowledge and encouragement to parents, and we appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for joining us, and Happy New Year. Thank you so much. Happy New Year.